0: back to another episode of Wicked Good Show. I am your host, Dylan. I am here joined by Brian. Brian, what is up? What is up? It has been, uh, uh, I guess I'm just trying a new intro every time we go in. It's been like two or three weeks since we last talked uh, mm-hmm. for our weekly podcast, but I, I'm, I'm pumped to be back. How have you been in between now and since we last spoke?
1: I've been good. So, Dylan, even though it's been a few weeks, I, w- I just want to open with this. I've recorded, I was trying to calculate it before the show roughly about like 500 podcasts of varying lengths over the last few years so you would think on a day like today where you know it was like 85 it was really hot you'd think i'd you know know how to be prepared for a podcast and i'd maybe turn the ac on in the room that i'm going to be recording in for an hour and then probably editing in for another hour or so um i'd turn that on like more than 10 minutes before the show right you'd think someone this experience would do that
0: yeah it's very hot, it's hot yeah
1: now. so i didn't do that um i turned it on for about 10 minutes and it's really really hot in this room so if i start like sweating profusely that that is why
0: I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah, yeah heat and- heat advisory. I didn't think we re- I didn't think we'd open with uh, with weather weather commentary, mm-hmm. but yeah, heat, heat advisory tomorrow. Very very hot, which is it's been an otherwise very mild summer.
1: So. Yeah, it's uh, you yeah, know we're in we're in the northeast. It, it never gets too crazy up here during the summer. Um, I know I know in the UK right now it's like a hundred degrees. Um, well, I saw they were like. Oh my god, it's going to be 40 degrees Celsius and I was just like, "Oh, that's bad." Maybe. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, "Oh, it's 100 degrees and they don't have air conditioners. That's really fucking bad." So, well, not as bad as it is in the UK, but you know, it's it's hotter than we're used to.
0: Yeah, I was because uh, that's been like a, it's been like a sneaky big story of all like, just all these people dying in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I never even I never even honestly thought about the uh, what Summers were like in Europe, uh, but I guess the reason all these people are dying is because all these houses are meant to trap heat inside,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and none of them have like ACs. And any of the ACs, it's basically like there's never a need to have an AC, so really, the yeah. only people that have ACs are the rich people. Mm-hmm. So, naturally, all like the poor and old people are dying. So, that's it's nice to know that the pecking order is still there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's nice that the climate's keeping uh, all of us in line, you know. Just about it. yeah but terrible uh you know t's and p's obviously to to the uk um that sucks a lot
0: so it's been like i said two, two or three weeks what have you uh what have you done what have you seen what have you watched what have, what have you been mad about
1: who so you know i've been obviously watching covering on this channel better radio uh big brother it's been you know okay it's, it's had its moments um of being, like, problematic, as every season of Big Brother is, um, especially since it's streamed live on the internet. You know, there, there's plenty of time for these house guests to do problematic things. But, uh, you know, it's kind of leveled back out, so it's it's been pretty good. I've been uh, watching Westworld. So I watched a movie on Amazon. Uh, it might be on Netflix as well, called The Vast of Night. Um it's very good indie film made for like seven hundred thousand dollars, but it looks a amazing. Sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi indie film. Um I highly suggest it if you like the Twilight Zone, it's very like of that style of like storytelling. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Other than that, I watched the Kurt Warner biopic, American Underdog. Uh, it was fine. I'm a big Kurt Warner fan, so I enjoyed it. But you know, if, if you're not a big sports fan and you're not already like familiar with it, I don't know how how good it, it's
0: it is. Even then, it seemed like the all just like the corniest the uh, mm,
1: dude is as corny as can be. Uh, <laughs> it has uh, the dude from Chuck and yeah, Shazam. Exactly, as, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he was good. He was a good Kurt Warner, I thought. And then uh, any Peck, one from x-men yeah, and true blood yeah. Yep. yeah she she was good as Kurt warner's wife um there's actually one guy who played steve mariucci for two scenes nailed it knocked it out of the park like i know i don't know it didn't even say that he was steve mariucci but because he was so good i was like wow this guy's playing steve mariucci like is amazing
0: is there any Patriots stuff of when the Patriots beat them in the in the Super Bowl?
1: No, it only it went up until the Rams beating the Titans in Super Bowl oh, thirty-four,
0: oh, uh, I think. Do they have the? Did they have? Uh, I think that was the that Super Bowl, the Titans with like they they almost got the last second touchdown. Yep. Very one yeah, one yard short. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. So they had that. Uh, it was it was fun. I mean, you know, did like the classic? It was like oh, he also led. You know his teams to two other Super Bowls. So like don't worry about how they did in those. Uh, of course, I was about to say
0: but, very convenient they leave out like yeah. the, the 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 very the, what killed the very brief uh, time of uh, the greatest show on turf. Yep. So. Yeah.
1: So uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, Westworld, I think, has been very good. Been watching that.
0: Interesting. Um, I've heard like very mixed things.
1: I, I mean, know. I I love that genre. I love like. The idea of artificial intelligence, you know, gaining sentience, much like the guy in our in our episode a few weeks ago, just really, really into. I bet he's a huge Westworld fan. Oh yeah. uh, But yeah, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying multiple
0: uh, versions of Westworld. You know
1: what
0: I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the xxx sites um, (laughs) online. uh I, know, I guess westworld has a few of those scenes of their own um oh. I, I i i haven't really done much in between now and since we last spoke uh entertainment wise i did see thor mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's furthered my my belief to, uh, with my uh marvel fatigue yes and i'm really really bummed because uh kaiwa uh one of my favorite directors uh thor ragnarok one of the best uh, marvel movies uh, just was just was not there. Uh, was not there for Thor. I think it's one of the movies uh, that uh, really would have benefited actually from a longer runtime rather than the shorter runtime they had. Mm-hmm. And okay. I start. I saw a few articles after about how uh, basically he 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 had to commit to the runtime that he ended up with. Uh, I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying he could have made a better move. He himself. Was going to make the better movie with a longer runtime, but I think that the story that was being told probably would have benefited from that overall. Mm-hmm. There's just uh, there's just so much that's that's left out, uh, like to be seen. I guess like it's a small spoiler, but everybody knows she becomes Thor with mm-hmm. uh, with Natalie Portman. With, it's uh, in the trailer. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, you uh, you don't see her actual transformation into Thor. Um, like you understand how it happens, and like you mm-hmm. see how it's going to happen, but you don't actually see it uh same thing with uh with christian bale there's um i i I, he he's in the movie a a decent amount but uh, that movie for sure could have benefited from him being in it much much more uh i I don't know i i give it on on letterboxd i gave it three out of five stars which is Mm -hmm. for me that's that's like pretty average so, I don't know. I'm just bummed. I, like, and, and for reference, I gave Multiverse of Madness two and a half stars. So, I'm okay, like, a, I'm a really. A little better
1: than Multiverse of Madness.
0: I'm really kind of just, uh, I don't know. And, and it is nice because they're kind of. Now that we don't have the, this, this. I actually think they need it. But now that we don't have this overarching villain that, like Thanos, that we know in every movie is going to tie in somehow. Um, where Thor, I was looking forward to just having this, this cool solo movie, but it just, I don't know, it just didn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. Christian Bale was very good, but he wasn't in the movie nearly enough um, to kind of, like, fully praise his performance, you know what I mean? Like, he was he sure. was very, very good, but then, like, he just wasn't in it enough for me to be like, holy shit, what a, what a great villain. <laughs> and there's just a lot, uh, you figured for Thor the God Butcher, you would see uh, a lot more uh, God Butcher, and and you don't. So uh, I'm actually very, very disappointed overall. It's a fine movie. I see a lot of people shitting on it. It actually got really, really big I think it actually has the worst Rotten Tomatoes score uh, other than, I think, the first Incredible, incredible Hulk. Oh, excuse me. Hold on. Let me pull it up. So Rotten Tomatoes, I know it's very low. I think it's at like 68%, 69%. Yeah, it's at 68%, uh, which is, I think there's a little, I think like... The audience score is 78. So this is one of the few times that I feel like, especially on Marvel movies, that they're very close. Yeah, i probably put really it somewhere diverse. in the middle, maybe about, like, probably about, like, 70. I'm actually probably closer to the, to the uh, critic score. Uh, mm. I'm curious what the incredible... So the Thor The Dark World had a 66 Oof. for reference and had a 75% audience score. Uh, so it's for sure better than Thor The Dark World, but it's... Uh, I, I'd honestly maybe even put it on par with the first Thor. Right? Like I, I think mm. it's like maybe a little bit better than that, but it's just it's nowhere near Ragnarok. Uh, let's see, the Incredible Hulk. I guess which Incredible it, Hulk would...
1: had a seventy-two. That's my guess. Oh wow.
0: Okay, hold on. So let's pull it up. I think it might be a little bit lower. I think for sure audience score. It's got to be one of the lower ones. Mm. I'm actually really shocked that. The Dark World, which is like probably one of the most hated MCU movies out there, had a 75 audience. So The Incredible Hulk had a 67, oh. with a 70 percent audience score. Uh, so that's kind of like this is in the realm that it's in. It, it's it's better than every movie, all the movies we're talking about right now. It's better than The Incredible Hulk. It's better than uh. It's better than uh, Thor: The Dark World. Uh, I'm actually really curious too. Iron Man Three, which I like, but apparently a lot of people hated Iron Man Three. Oh, that's that's uh, Iron Man Three has a seventy-eight percent audience score, which is the same as Thor: uh, Dark World and then Iron Man Two, which is my personal least favorite MCU movie. Iron Man Two. That's a lie. Incredible Hulk is actually still my least favorite. seventy-one percent audience score, seventy-two Rotten Tomatoes. So that's like what you're expecting. This is very much like a. It's very much like an early MCU movie. And I think that that's like an issue, especially with the director that it has. And Chris Hemsworth uh, really comes into his own. The Guardians are in the movie for maybe about like four minutes. Oh, that's so disappointing. Uh, so it's you know, it, it, like they're they're on like the the poster, but they're they're in the movie for for literally one scene. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really bummed because uh, now now because uh, I used to obviously, uh. I, shout out Brian Wong. There's no way he's listening to this. He knows. Uh are <laughs> cool listeners. I used to go to the movies like two or three times a week. Um, yeah. But now it takes a lot for me to get out because I've moved. Um, and the movie theater I go to is about 45 minutes to an hour away from me. Oh, yeah. So it takes a lot for me to go. So I got there. And, yeah, I, it, it was bummed. Um, so it, it's like it's actually a, it's a double-sided uh, coin going on here because the last movie I saw before that was uh, Top Gun Maverick, which was one of the best movies I've seen uh, recently. For sure, one of the best like blockbusters mm-hmm. I've seen recently. Uh, so, yeah, if you haven't seen Thor yet, I think that's it's something you, you can probably just wait to see when it's on Disney+, uh, Disney Plus. Um, I saw like, a list, too, comparing all the Phase 4, because, I, as I mentioned, I'm not going to rehash everything in 7-4, but I'm really, really disappointed with all the shows, too. Mm-hmm. So, everything in Phase 4 movie-wise... Uh, so there's Shang Chi, there's Multiverse of Madness, there's the Eternals, um, there's a Black yeah. Black Widow and Thor. I think that's all the movies. And I would put probably Shang Chi first, mm-hmm. Black Widow second. No Way
1: Home too, right?
0: No Way Home. Yep, yep. So I so so I, I actually believe it or not, I probably still put Shang Chi first, No Way Home second, and mm-hmm. then um, overall, I I don't think any of those movies are like home runs, so. I don't know, and, and I think it's tough too because uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of the he he is the new Robert Downey Jr. for the, for this franchise.
1: Mm-hmm. He is, yeah.
0: And I just I don't know, and like they're they're kind of they're they're kind of trying to make that dynamic too with with um, with the uh, Scarlet Witch and 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 uh, uh, fucking uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, too many characters. Gotcha. Yeah, um, they're at this point, yeah it seems like that they're kind of trying to make them the new like cap and 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 tony and like obviously that's a pretty big downgrade even though i really like those two actors a lot mm-hmm. um elizabeth olsen and uh and Benedict Cumberbatch. so i don't know i don't know and it really i really have a hard time believing that that marvel is going to have another movie that's going to be as good as the things that we got with uh with like uh with homecoming or, or with uh endgame with infinity war mm-hmm. with like a uh, winter you... soldier
1: yeah oh yeah winter soldier is great did uh did you like it more than the eternals i feel like that's the big one this phase that i did because i
0: thought the eternals, the eternals was like a big little snooze fest right. i didn't like the eternals at all and the eternals i was going into because i knew nothing about them i went into that with um especially with that cast too i, I love that cast I went into good that director, with
1: a really good casts, and still.
0: I actually did. I when it started getting bad reviews, I didn't even. Uh, I, I I waited. I actually didn't even see it till like two months ago. Mm. Um, so that's another thing. Let me see what the internals got.
1: Oh, real bad. It got really.
0: Forty-seven percent, Rot Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, seventy-eight percent audience. I think forty-seven percent is probably a little harsh, but I also think seventy-eight percent is really high. Mm. Uh, I I I uh, I don't know. I, it's weird because I wanted more one-offs, like one-off movies, movies that weren't um, bigger to the overall um, uh, whatever uh, you know team up the Avengers are eventually going to have. Uh, and it's crazy too because obviously Chris um, Chris Hemsworth has a is crazy charismatic. He's he's great as Thor, and I think he's just as good as Thor too. But it's like it is very goofy, and uh, I think maybe Thor would be a much better. If it was less goofy, especially after having Ragnarok and and now now this, even though it was as great as Ragnarok was, and obviously Guardians is is goofy, but it's also it's it's just different vibes. I I don't know. I'm just disappointed. It just furthers my my falling out with the MCU after obviously just uh, being up its ass for the past ten years. So yeah, uh, I hope it gets better. I just don't. I don't know where. Maybe things like Blade. Maybe incorporating uh, the X Men uh is going to change things around they're they're uh, apparently uh, they're casting fantastic four now um that was surprising
1: uh, to me i thought john (laughs) krasinski was like locked in but they were just like they had like this thing where kevin feige was like oh that's something the fans wanted and since it didn't matter we just gave them that and i was like oh all right i guess
0: yeah i I would love that it it doesn't seem like something that john krasinski would want to commit to that's fair Uh, too and it's like
1: way easier for him to be like hey would you want to come for a couple days and film like three scenes versus committing to like 10 movies
0: i think there's like rumors that pen pen badgley or bagley or we say his last Mm -hmm. name the uh, guy from
1: you that guy
0: yeah has been cast as uh as mr fantastic Mm uh i don't i don't know how true that is yeah Um, i don't know I think John is also just focused in on his directing right now, now that he's had two great movies with uh, yeah. both of The Quiet Places.
1: And, like, and there's got to be a certain thing, too. If you're, like, a filmmaker and, like, a, like yeah, I would say if you're, like, a filmmaker more than just, like, an actor. If you're an actor, fuck yeah, sign up to the MCU. Like, steady work for a decade. But if you're, like, someone who's, like, oh, I want to make my own stuff, I you can only do so much within the confines of – the mcu like kevin feige is the one calling the shots you're not going to be able to like make something that's too different or too like off the beaten path it has to be it's it's i heard someone describe it as similar to a tv show right you have the showrunner that's kevin feige and then the higher directors but like could there's there's very few television directors that you watch an episode and you're like, yes, this is this person's episode of this show. You know, it's, it's, and it's not a bad thing. It's worked out very well for the MCU, but like, even like the Russo brothers who like did very well and, you know, directed like community, uh, episodes, which were very good. I'm not particularly excited for anything they're doing outside of the MCU because like, I don't, I don't know, like, what kind of directors they are outside of this. You know what I mean?
0: Apparently that Grayman movie that's actually coming out this weekend with uh, Ryan Gosling, Chris Pine, and mm-hmm. is a, is a is stinky, too. Yeah, which see, is something so I that... was actually really, really looking forward to. They did another movie, too, with Chadwick like, Boseman before he died. Like, Three Bridges or, or something like that, that also was had, like, not great scores. So... Uh,
1: yeah, t- 21 Bridges. 20 it was so, fun. It was fun
0: it's like it's a weird thing where i actually think they're at their best in the mcu so the gray man i'm like apparently we're just we're going off a rotten tomatoes today it has a 53 percent of rotten tomatoes for the tomato score and then it has 88 percent for audience score but i don't know how most of these people have seen it yet oh it did i think it did come out in theaters last week like one of those like one week in theaters and then mm-hmm. it's on netflix this weekend um obviously i'm uh, no secret i'm a big fan of the goss god ryan gosling <laughs> not to be honest right um, she can slip my throat. And Chris Evans is a great guy. <laughs> Bill Bob Thornton's in it too. Um, uh, Reggie Jean Page, who I think is in Hamilton. Um, okay. I may be okay. making that up. I'm pretty sure he was in Hamilton.
1: Yeah.
0: Or he's in Bridgerton. He's one of those in those tons. But yeah, yeah he was in it's Bridgerton. One of the tons I think he's <laughs> in. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I will look forward to that. But I agree. I actually think the Rooster Brothers are one of the people that actually. That, that get the MCU really well. Um, I, it's funny. I think it was them and Joss Whedon, and obviously no one's no one's go- <laughs> no one's going back there. Uh, so, yeah, it
1: seems to be over. Uh, much like even- our Joss Whedon-centric podcasts.
0: <laughs> and even though i i I love the the toby mcguire spider-man's i am like not as big of a sam raimi fan as a lot of people are either Mm. um uh like even like the 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 evil dead movies i think are uh they're fine uh it's something i maybe if i go back and rewatch, but i remember just not really liking them a lot as a kid either yeah um and like those are like kind of like the go-to's for the raimi for the raimi nights um so I don't know. I it's like the CGI is shockingly bad in, in these movies. Like, there's always like a few scenes yeah. where the CGI is terrible. I talked about it with the shows how bad the CGI is, but like, there's a scene you may have seen it memed already on on the internet of like, there's this kid that has a floating head that comes up out of nowhere, and it's like, I did see it, this, yeah. It's distractingly bad CGI, and it's just I I it, I feel like the COVID excuse no longer applies because, you know these people are still working off the same machines they were working on before. It's, uh, I, I, I don't know. It, to me, it just seems like the MCU just like the, I just think that they, it, it has turned into a cash grab.
1: I feel like too probably, um,
0: where it's like, they just don't have a clear director there, which it's it's, 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 yeah. It's like, it's like damned if you do damned if you don't like, it's like, uh, it's, uh, they're, they're getting the cash grab, but they're not letting, uh, the directors do what they want. Uh, but at the same time it's just like uh there's no like clear directive for them mm-hmm. like, to, to, to connect everything so I I don't I don't know I, I don't want to spend like 45 minutes in the MCU like we did we've already done like on a third of this podcast but no it's fine it's, I'm it's, gonna put clip this out this and just
1: say like the MCU is over question mark um, get those those types of clicks but uh yeah so I, no, think... I, I think it has a little bit to do with um there's such like a there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen uh yeah. for disney and MCU, so i think what's happening is like oh let's do this idea and then like the go and like talk to like tons of people like oh we want to make this change in this and then like the people making the cgi have to keep like redoing their work over and over and over um and then you get what you know like i was listening to a podcast and there's a costume designer who worked on a lot of stuff but was most recently worked on christopher nolan's newest film oppenheimer and she was saying that like christopher nolan knows what he wants (laughs) like he's not someone who you have to present a hundred different ideas to Mm -hmm. he's someone who's like this is the look i want go make it like you have all the time now to make it what i want rather than like making a ton of things at a lower like level and then just going from there and then it looks kind of bad
0: I think I I mean I, I don't think there, it's as much as like a, a hardo as like Scorsese was about like cinema and all that about mm-hmm. like what is and isn't cinema. But I do think that uh, it is for maybe the better now that if the MCU is kind of like uh, uh, becoming more vanilla, that uh, these blockbusters will start getting much more attention. Because I go back to like the Northman, the unbelievable movie. They finally gave uh, they finally gave uh, the director the the budget and the the, the freedom to do whatever he wanted, hmm. and it flopped. Um, and same thing with uh Dennis Villeneuve Villeneuve Villeneuve. I always fuck up his last name with Blade Runner twenty forty nine, where that was a massive budget and also flop. And also he had the success with Dune. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it does it, it, it does allow for things like uh, cr- directors like Christopher Nolan, Spielberg now to will they'll get that uh, that that uh, that clout now because mm-hmm. I think I just think I think the, the whole event atmosphere of the MCU, MCU movies is just done too um i just and i think that that played into a lot of it which i think is fine but i think now that that's gone i think that the cracks are starting to show
1: i mean like the story's over right like the story built up and then a climax and it was great and now it's just kind of like the prologue or not sorry the the uh the epilogue
0: because i don't want to do this for the next like i don't want to do this for another 20 years you know what i mean like i don't don't want to do another another uh uh Massive threat level uh, uh, character that we build up over another like, 10, 15 movies, mm. and then uh, we do one big one. Like I just I I, I I personally just have no desire to do that again. Mm. Uh, and maybe that's maybe that's me growing old. Uh, maybe, it put or maybe it actually is a decline oh, yeah. the quality of the movies. I don't know.
1: The hit, the hit, at a good time for us, like end of high school, then like beginning of adulthood when you have more free time, and now that we're old, quite mm. frankly, you know, it's not as uh, you know, appealing to be like, oh, I need to go at midnight to see this movie. It's like, oh, I need to I need to sleep because I have to work in the morning, and if yep. I don't sleep, it'll, it'll suck. Uh, but hey, the MCU's loss is uh, shows like The Boys gain because the uh, they're killing it. That's yep. great, um, and they're kind of cashing in on people being tired of the MCU. I feel like,
0: yeah no agreed so that's uh that's my thoughts too um uh one more topic i want to get to before we get into our main topic and then our uh, our wikipedia roulette um so a new trailer came out for house of dragon the uh, new yes. game of thrones prequel and i am uh i am all aboard on that so it's um i thought that did you see that that uh, trailer of like it yep. shows it was basically a behind-the-scenes trailer, but it did show new clips of the show.
1: It was basically like, guys, we promise this time we will not fuck it up. Our showrunners actually give a shit. We promise. So,
0: I, I didn't realize that Miguel Sapochnik is also co-showrunning this, mm-hmm. and Miguel Sapochnik had directed some of the best Game of Thrones episodes. There was. He did also direct the... Uh, I believe he directed the the Battle at Winterfell, which obviously yeah. felt had a few shortcomings technologically-wise yeah. as well, but... Um, yeah, this show got me hyped. I can't wait. You know, we're, we're a month away from it. I, I think that it's it, having appointment television back that I think this will be it where it's, uh, it's not, it's, well, I guess it is kind of on a streaming service, but it's a weekly release. Um, I don't think that we just, I, we don't have that anymore because I think the, I guess succession we do, but I don't think succession is pop culture wise as big, uh, uh, as something like this will be. Um, where Succession is the best show on TV right now. But, I just, you know, it's it's not going to have where every single household is, is tuning in, you know, when right. it's live. Uh, I am really hoping with this Game of Thrones that it is, too, because uh, with the House of the Dragons, the cast is great. Um, it, the We have uh, the composer back. Uh, the The sound is unbelievable. Um, we have the budgets there. Uh, I, I just, I, I can't wait. Matt Smith, um, mm-hmm. who's a, a, who's a uh, Doctor Who, um, he was also in... Uh, what was he in? Uh, re- oh, he was in fucking Morbius, Morbius recently. <laughs> uh, it's Morbin time. Um, yeah. uh, just a great, a great cast. Uh, I, I, I can't wait. It's, uh, yeah. it's something I'm, I'm now generally really, really looking forward to. I'm more looking forward to this than I am the Game of Thrones, the uh, Lord of the Rings show. Mm. Uh, and uh, Lord of the Rings is my favorite uh, trilogy of uh, films uh, out there. And so uh, that is saying something because I do think the Lord of the Rings show. Uh, i've quoted i've said before that it's too big to fail um yeah, and i th- think that it, there is a good chance it could be it could stink based on what we've seen it just i don't understand what is going on with the lord of the rings i don't really want to talk about it mm. um uh, but i but uh, I, that's the conversation we can have a different day especially if it comes out and it absolutely stinks um but uh i think it, there's more of like a hobbit five there than there is yeah. in the lord of the rings but, i'll put it this
1: way dylan I think you'll agree. The Lord of the Rings trilogy is a perfect trilogy. Um, Mm -hmm. Perfect three movies. The Amazon show can only be worse than the show. Whereas House of the Dragons can only be better than the end. Or the same because the end of Game of Thrones is so bad.
0: I think that's why these shows, uh, kind of like what you just said, it's impossible to top the the Lord of the Rings uh, Mm -hmm. trilogy. I do think that the the uh, the standard that's been set for for these type of high fantasy shows is Game of Thrones in its prime, which is also going to be next to impossible to beat. Yeah. So it's um, similar to what we just said with the MCU. There, there it's it's tough to imagine it getting any better mm-hmm. uh, than what its peak was. Uh, but I, if it's something that's on par, that's that's still unbelievable. That's fine with me. And I I, I really think House of Dragon is going to be there. But also, mm-hmm. you know we could have one or two very bad episodes and all of a sudden that that's it. Cause this is a, this is technically the second show that was greenlit mm. to premiere. And the show that was going to be before this with, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, not Kate Winslet. Um, uh, she's married to Lee I Shriver. Um, uh, off the top of my head, but she, she was like the, she was the, uh, the, the main, uh, Actress cast in that show, and that that was uh, killed before they even uh, finished filming it. So yeah. uh, there is something here with it with this show, and I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. And I hope it's good, and I hope that like I said, we get back to uh, a show where it's on in every single household every Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no, I agree. I like. I think it'll be good. I mean, I love the Game of Thrones universe and thing that this has is it has a lot of the people who worked on the original show coming back which is good um and then it has a whole story like the story is already like outlined um there's an ending it's really cool um and there's a lot to work with in terms of making like, point to that a good an show around it so I'm, I'm confident um one thing i totally forgot at the beginning but now that we're talking about hbo um to mention one thing that i watched last night was the rehearsal yes and...
0: thank you for bringing it up yes, yes. i think oh, that should ahead. be
1: appointment viewing i think that should be on yes. at everyone's house because it was maybe the greatest episode of television i've ever seen in my life
0: hold oh my god i'm so glad you brought it up because i watched that yesterday also um <laughs> that was a lot so the rehearsal for those of you who don't know Nathan Nathan uh, Nathan uh, Felder Fielder Nathan Fielder, Fielder Yeah um, who Nathan for you uh, he now has his own HBO series uh, off topic probably why it won't be a point television it's on at Friday nights at eleven p.m. which is a crazy time this is the perfect time for him honestly um, for him. that is like the ultimate like uh, getting getting stoned and having a few beers and throwing this on which is exactly what this show deserves I don't it's kind of like what Nathan for you was, it, it, it was like this very funny and uncomfortable show, but it did, it did, it had like this, uh, this like kind of social commentary where this is just almost full blown, just like a social experiment. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's something like in the episode we saw it, it all revolved around this guy who was on a, a trivia, a, a like bar pub trivia team, um, lied to the people that he played with that he had a master's degree, and he was terrified to tell one of the members on that team that he actually did indeed not have a master's degree. Uh, and the thing that goes on in the show, the budget for this show has to be up there with, like, Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, for the, they build an entire building inside a warehouse to re- recreate. Uh, th- so basically, the whole premise of the show is that uh, there's, each week there's going to be a different subject, and uh basically uh nathan fielder is going to be coaching these people through like a rehearsal of something that they want to do so this week it was the this guy wanted to tell the the woman that was on his trivia team that he uh didn't in fact not have a master's degree he only had a bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. uh and it sounds very bland up top but it was one of the most uh intriguing like hours of television i have seen in a long time
1: Mm -hmm. i it was
0: unbelievable
1: yep and much like Nathan for you it has like parts where Nathan kind of interjects himself and in his own like personal struggles and story and his it just oh boy it's it's amazing it, like I said it was the best hour of television I've seen in a long time and I'm very excited for the rest of the season and I can't if you are a fan of Nathan for you and if you're a fan of just like uncomfortable humor and a weird the way the way i kind of like i was talking to ben uh about this was like it's kind of comforting knowing that even like normal people normal seeming people are just fucking insane everyone's insane uh if you break it down enough and it it just kind of is showing the insanity of modern life and people and nathan fielder quite frankly uh I saw some funny tweets about him. One was uh, Nathan Fielder's like a Batman villain who doesn't do crimes. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Fielder is the only person who deserves the moniker like from the sick and twisted mind of. And it's just like yeah, Nathan Fielder is he's amazing. Please go watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, not many people are gonna see. I'll clip this out and put it on TikTok. But whoo, it's it's amazing.
0: I think it's uh, it's something that I think will probably take off once it, once a few episodes have come out. Mm. Similar to I think what happened with Nathan for you, um, mm. yeah. I it's I'm really glad you brought it up. I don't I don't I don't know I, I don't know if like my brain repressed the uh, <laughs> like, like the the cringiness of a lot of yeah. went on, but it was it was so compelling like everything that was going on. And there's a certain scene in the show towards the end um where you're unsure if this person is going to do something or not and it was just the most captivated i've been with uh, something Uh, i guess you can call it reality tv but that's like it's much more than that but it it, it, it is sort of reality it's probably the most captivated reality tv i've been in a very very long time it was just Mm -hmm. uh it's unbelievable i i i really can't wait uh, to see where it goes to and they showed in like the overall series trailer there is like a there's at one point going to be like a mock family uh drawn up for someone like something like that so it's just uh yeah check it out the rehearsal it's oh i i I, unbelievable like (laughs) the, the whole the batman villain that doesn't do crime that's that is that is pretty spot on for for Nathan Fielder. He's like a he literally is one of a kind. I can't think of any other person in yeah. entertainment that is like him. Um, to call him a comedian, I think is selling him short. He's, he's an like, artist,
1: quite frankly.
0: He's an he, I, he's an artist. It's, that's that's yeah. exactly what he is. It's uh, I never have seen anything like it on television. I, I and it's so so one of this. There's a scene with the character called Thrifty Boy. That comes into play and it's just uh it, it's yeah. it's so absurd but so funny it's mm-hmm. uh, i i, I <laughs> and it's also like it's it's tough to describe it to someone because like even now just describing it, it sounds so ridiculous and so silly but it it, it it has such a serious like social commentary to it too where like you said there are some people that are, that are out there that are actually like crazy but also like, the character that we had in this week, too, I thought was, like, a very likable character, even though he was clearly very weird, who isn't a little mm-hmm. bit weird, but he was very weird about this one particular particular thing that he wanted to approach, too. Um, and it was, like, just some... Uh, I I laughed out loud uh, and cringed at least 100 times both in, in this episode. It was just mm-hmm. uh, unbelievable. I can't wait. Speaking of... HBO is just going to be on a roll now. We had Succession... Uh, we now have, uh, they've, they've been having great uh, miniseries that I haven't, I haven't, I've been watching, but I've been hearing just how great, uh, like I think uh, Mayor of Easttown was another one with Excellent. Kate Winslet that I heard was unbelievable. Um, so now we have, we I've have. I've been uh,
1: loving I, Winning Time, that, that's been winning great. Winning Time,
0: the Lakers show. Yeah, so it's just, it's like one thing after another with HBO, I think. Uh, Peacemaker. The, yep, Peacemaker, that's another one too. <laughs> the acquisition of DC is pretty big for them. Uh, uh, it's just uh, uh, it's. I'm watching The Sopranos r- right now for about like the, the 12th time, and uh, and I'm just like, oh, this is this was HBO in its heyday, but no, I think we are in the heyday of HBO right now where they're yeah. just they're, 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 whatever they got going on over there, they got to keep it going because it's it's working,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. HBO just doesn't, you know, no days off for HBO, just like banger after banger since The Sopranos. I'm sure The Wire is actually like when it really started, uh, but it just amazing awesome and um also rest in peace did an actor just pass away from the sopranos
0: oh yeah tony uh it's, it's just a row uh sakiro i always fuck up his last name but yeah he played Polly. um yeah. yeah that was a big uh that was the first celebrity death in a, in a while even like ray Liotta didn't i mean as hard because also i was actually literally in the middle of watching sopranos episode when i got the news so it was like yeah. uh yeah that stunk it's, it's just a reminder we're all getting old and we're gonna die soon
1: Yeah, so make sure you waste your time by listening to all of our podcasts. Um, There's no better way to spend your last days. Uh, And it could legitimately be your last days with how hot the planet is getting, apparently.
0: I could die Um, in three seconds.
1: Yeah, so with that, um, (laughs) make sure you subscribe to HBO uh, and just leave the recurring payments on. And when we do a Patreon, do that also. So if you do die, you at least die knowing that you're giving money to a good cause.
0: Yep. Yep. Indeed. Uh, And speaking about like the unknown and and just uh, uh, just terrifying and we don't know a whole lot. uh, We did, this was going to be our topic last week when it was relevant, but I feel like it's still relevant. Oh, it's still
1: relevant. Yeah. The
0: two stories that I pulled up and everybody, everybody, at least once a day, I see someone uh, sharing the photo on Instagram too. Uh, we do have the James Webb space telescope, uh, which cost billions of dollars, uh, finally, uh, revealed its photos. Um, and it was borderline unreal, uh, unreal, the photos that we saw. It was I, like, I, first time I saw them, I'm like, these are fucking fake. <laughs> They're fake photos. Um, the one particularly is the one of like, that has the, so I'm sure if you're, you, are you have seen these photos, if not look at them up, but you've seen them yeah. somewhere maybe you didn't even realize it. Um, between the Hubble Telescope, the way it was described to me, the, the jump from the Hubble Telescope to the uh, uh, to the James Webb was like going from riding a bike to riding a Ferrari. Oh, yeah. uh, and so that's really it. what it is too. Um, so here is uh, here's this article uh, that was actually from yesterday on uh, NBCNews.com. Um, I'm gonna quickly read it. The uh, the James Webb Space Telescope cost taxpayers 10 billion. Dollars uh, for that considerable sum. We've recently been treated to some spectacular photos of the cosmos. Judging by the comments of my friends and the reaction of these views have been... Reaction to these views have been wonder. Even if you know their scientific significance or all the other blah 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 blah. blah. Um, uh, it's not new. It is not new that astronomical knowledge this is all this is a tough sentence it's not that new astronomical knowledge will by itself improve the lives of our kids and grandkids when in 1543 nicholas copernicus finally dismissed the 2000 year old idea that earth was the center of the solar system the standard of living in poland didn't didn't suddenly make a great leap forward and yet copernicus's work has demonstrated something of profound philosophical importance humans as well as as we are Occupy an unrem- i didn't read this article before, so I'm, I am just reading gibberish right now. Occupy an unremarkable speck of dirt and dust in the universe. Our location is humdrum, and is likely that our talents and likewise are likewise unexceptional, and we have good reason to be humble. Um, thanks to the special talents of the James Webb Telescope, thanks to its special talents. Once again, I didn't read this. I should have practiced this before it. The James Webb Telescope could very well have similar effect, unlike the Hubble Telescope. The James Webb doesn't see invisible... doesn't see in... in space (laughs) visible light. Dash. The range of wavelengths to which our eyes are sensitive. The James Webb is an infrared telescope which makes it useful in two important areas of astronomy. The first is understanding the history of the universe. Yep. How did the convolution of the big bay 13 billion to 14 billion years ago lead to stars galaxies life, and us you're we curious about this story in the same way that we want to know our own family history um because of the universe is expanding the light reaching us from the distant objects is reddened consequently if we want to see how the cosmos looked when we were still young to understand the cosmos life history it is best to do so by using a telescope that is sensitive to deep red light all right so i'm not going to continue reading all this junk uh but the pictures are unbelievable uh the, the what we are seeing is uh, I think I think we're in the billions of light years away. Um, so for all we know, a giant black hole has already kind of wiped all these things <laughs> out, and we're still waiting to learn about it. Uh, yeah. But it, it's literally like uh, I feel like I'm looking at like an old Star Wars poster or something like that too. It's like uh, the colors are unreal. I think it's uh, the the what I saw is everything that is not that doesn't have like a star spike coming out of it is another galaxy. Mm. Um, is what I is what I've been told which is there's, uh, there's hundreds of thousands of uh, galaxies apparently out there. Um, Like it said, it is incredibly humbling and it does make you feel very small. Uh, And I think the most terrifying thing of it all is, is that uh, I, I am one of the believers. And I think most people are, is that we're, you know, we're not the only uh, intelligent life in this universe, but the terrifying thing is obviously is if we are, if we're like one of the first, you know, and all these planets are like, uh, uh, bacterial or or whatever i i think that, that is the terrifying part too but i'm not convinced in our, in our lifetime uh that that we will meet an, another intelligent life from another planet but this is this is a pretty big start i mean we're seeing clear pictures about in the universe the the one with the uh the cloud the orange cloud and then the 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 stars back there on the that one's like probably the most unbelievable photo to me because like i said it just looks like something that was out of like a, a star wars poster or something like mm-hmm. that but it's uh it's mind-blowing uh 10 billion is a lot of is a lot of money could probably g- g- go to a lot of things but i guess you know it's better with being used for this than you know like a fucking football field or something like that that's true i
1: mean yeah I so like it is absolutely insane as you said i mean there's the, the absolute scale of stuff. There's a, there's one galaxy that's so dense that it bends the light from other galaxies, like, in the picture. That's insane. I'm very excited, because um, we're, like, this isn't the end. They're, they're going to fucking keep using this telescope to take pictures. Um, I know there is another um, solar system that's only, like, 39 light years away from us. And there's three planets that are within the habitable zone of the star. The star is much smaller than the sun. So they're all much smaller. But like they're going to be able to look at that and then potentially be able to see like, oh, this, you know, could potentially support life. And it's, you know, the way it works is we're looking at it. It's 40, you know, 39 years ago. um, What it looks like. But 39 light years is not that far away from earth in like the grand scheme of things you know like they'd look back at us and they would see fucking you know full house or some shit on on tv if they're that that's like the difference so really exciting stuff
0: i i think that the real the real groundbreaking thing will be eventually if it's even possible that we break the speed of light I think that's obviously like the big. Uh, that's the if we can do that, then we can actually start doing intergalactic travel. Because like you said, thirty nine years is is not is not that far away, but it is also like the shit that's leaving there is those people are not coming back. So even then, oh, yeah, like, they, that, yeah, they that, wouldn't. Come that's back. that's yeah. ter- that that itself is is, is terrifying. So it'd be a thirty
1: nine. Yeah, it'd be well, it'd be even longer because we can't it, even go the speed of light. It'd be. It'd you be
0: 80,
1: 88
0: years there and back.
1: Yeah, if you can go the speed of light. And we cannot even... We can't. So, it'd be, you know, it it's, it's still exciting. It's still, like, there's not a lot of things in the world that, like, are, like, cause wonder. You know what I mean? Like, when you're a little kid and you're just learning things, like, everything is so wondrous. But then, like, when you get older, you're, like, pretty... Uh, pretty, like, apathetic, or at least I am. I don't know. I might just be depressed. Who who knows? But, uh, you know, things get less exciting, but space, to me, never gets less exciting. I mean, the border of this podcast is space. Uh, Tamora just made it up for us. Like, a lot of the things in the channel are, like, space-themed. I just, yeah. I, I hope that one day, humans don't destroy themselves and and in, in you know thousands of years we do have you know an intergalactic species but uh for now seeing these photos is, is really cool
0: Our probably our probably next biggest step is uh is getting a, a human on mars uh, yeah we'll as- see that's Which probably the add-on. next biggest uh, probably scientific uh, uh, thing that can happen for us is actually getting a human alive on Mars yeah. would be a very big
1: well, listen you're gonna get to Mars alive you're gonna die there definitely but like you
0: know it's great. Um, let me look that up so how far how long does it take to get to Mars? Uh, it would take about seven months uh, and about three hundred million miles to get there. Currently, not that uh, bad. No, uh, but I. Th- the, the issue is getting people back. Is the, uh, the <laughs> there's problem.
1: no way, no way, um, people
0: back. So we obviously have a long ways to go, but the, I think some people that are just like, "Oh, these are just photos. Who gives a fuck?" It's still it's it's huge. And like you said, there I think there's a there was a picture of a uh, Jupiter or of of one of those that was like the clearest picture i've, I've yeah seen. Jupiter. <laughs> it was, it was it, unbelievable it's all gas that's all it's yeah. all it is it literally just looks like it's all it looks like one of those fucking paintings where it's just like constant mm-hmm. swirls of, of all that uh it's unbelievable uh it, it, it truly is unbelievable uh, like i said I, i'm convinced that uh we will never find a uh a, uh, a intelligent life form out there uh, in in our lifetime if we, did, no, if we do, no, definitely not
1: ours. And let's—they're coming to us because they're so far advanced. Uh, yeah, we're, sure. not, we're not going to be going anywhere or getting Which I—I
0: think that they already have. Uh, but that's a different podcast for a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that we'll actually fully flesh out and discover one in our lifetime. Uh, yeah. At least not the public. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure the government know already knows enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm right. I'm convinced yeah. I think the real red flag is when the government starts like openly acknowledging UFOs. I think that's when uh, that's when we and they have no explanation for it. Uh, I think that's when we start hitting the red flag a little bit, uh, which we already have been there. Uh, but I just don't think that we'll see like aliens
1: walking around ever. In our here's, here's how I look at it. Don't, I don't know. Maybe aliens have visited Earth. If aliens have visited Earth and they haven't destroyed Earth at this point, they're not going to. Like, in order to be able to travel from another galaxy to our galaxy safely, their technology is so, so advanced compared to ours that we're like nothing to them. So, why would they, like, kill us if they haven't already? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, it's more likely than not that they're just kind of like, huh, there's some semi intelligent species on this planet let's check that out that's cool like will they interfere will they not who knows but uh if if they haven't destroyed us yet i doubt they're going to if they have like visited
0: us at this point until they finally have like a reason to yeah <laughs> and they're like
1: you guys are doing great yourselves uh yeah. we're not threatened that you're ever gonna get yourselves off this planet anyways so yeah <laughs> it's fine
0: um all right, it is Wiki Roulette time as we wind oh, out yeah. here. Uh, and I am uh, spinning the Wiki Roulette wheel as we speak. Oh, okay, so we have a uh, sports talk today. We were uh, Oh, okay. Already, all right. The 1995 Maui Invitational tournament. Okay. Um, I'm not basketball, concerned. college basketball. Okay. <laughs> the uh, the 1995 Maui Invitational Tournament was an early-season college basketball tournament that was played for the 12th time from November 20th to November 22nd, 1995. The tournament, in which began in 1984, was part of the 1995-1996 NCAA Division Men won basketball season. The tournament was played at the La'a, La'ana Civic Center in Maui, Hawaii and was won by the Villanova Wildcats and it was the yeah. first title for both the program and for its head coach Steve Lapis.
1: Hey Big East at the time. I don't think they're in the Big East anymore, but
0: um yeah, so it was let's see. The, the game on November 5th was Vanderbilt versus number 4 UCLA and Vanderbilt actually won that. Um uh, and then after that we had Cheminade, that is the name of the school, C H A M I N A D E. Um uh, Vanderbilt destroyed them 96 to 71. Uh, and then we also had UCLA going into the losers bracket, um, who then beat uh, Wisconsin 68-57. Uh, Vanderbilt moved on uh, and played uh, North Carol- number 20 North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina beat them. Uh, Michigan State beat uh, Chaminade. Chaminade's out. They're eliminated. Uh, and then Wisconsin fucking smoked them in the uh, seven-place game. Um, <laughs> Villanova then moved on to play Santa Clara, who then beat them 77-65. North Carolina beat uh, Michigan State ninety-two to seventy. North Carolina then went on to play Villanova in the championship game, where Villanova won ninety-seven to seventy-five. And uh, Santa Clara actually won third place game, beat uh, Michigan State seventy-seven
1: to seventy-one. Nice. Well, you know, as a college kid, I bet going to Maui that was fun. No, Uh,
0: they still they still do it now. I'm fairly certain. Oh, cool. Notre Dame has been in something like that recently. Yeah, not not as eventful as our last uh, wiki roulette with that movie and that fucking crazy storyline there. But Yeah,
1: did it, say, uh, did it say like any notable players who played it or anything like that?
0: So let's look into well, let's do a little digging here, Brian. I like that. Let's look into uh... let's see. I'll click on the 1995-1996 men's basketball season, so let's see.
1: Yeah. Who won that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not an I'm not an expert on
0: no, not a College expert. basketball.
1: I very much enjoy it. I think it's a really fun sport to watch, especially March Madness, super fun, but uh I don't I don't pay close enough attention all the time.
0: Um Okay, let's see. 1995-1996 NCAA men's basketball season. Um blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Kentucky Wildcats earned their sixth national championship by defeating okay. Syracuse 76-67 in April 1996. They were coached by Rick Pitino in the NCAA mm. basketball tournament. The less horny Rick Pitino back then, or more horny. I don't know, who knows. <laughs> he
1: uh, was in his prime, prime horny years. So,
0: Oh, let's see. So notable players from this season, we have Ray Allen. Um, of course. We have uh, Marcus Canby, Tony Delk, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, and Kerry Kittles. Yeah, um, so
1: pretty, pretty good. Kind of, you know, obviously Allen Iverson, uh, Ray Allen, Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, you know the the top there. But
0: yeah, yeah, Marcus Camby sticks out. I remember I remember Tony Dell, Kerry Kittles. So those are some uh, yeah, some big names too. So let's see. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, Did any of them go to? No, because I know Ray Allen went to UConn. Marcus Camby yeah. went to. I believe Marcus Camby went to. Uh, uh UMass he did, yeah. Marcus came in went to UMass. Um that was a big one then too. Uh let's see who else. A- Tony
1: I was Syracuse, right? Uh
0: Tony Delk was uh oh cool. so Tony Delk was on the championship winning Kentucky Wildcats. Mm. Tim Duncan was uh, obviously um fucking Wake Forest. Uh Alan Iverson I like don't off the top of my head. Oh, not so was Georgetown. Georgetown. All right. Uh and Kerry Kittles. Shows what
1: I know about basketball. Make sure you subscribe to our sports podcast channel too, where <laughs> you get sports. Uh where we have other people talking about basketball, not
0: Brian. Kerry Kittles was uh, Villanova. So we do have some uh, some ringers there.
1: Yeah, pretty good. Obviously, hey, that's he probably led Villanova to the champion the uh Maui Invitational Championship. So
0: Sure did. Yeah, everyone knows right. that.
1: Everyone, what are nice. <laughs> the, you know, stats that you just bring up anyways? Like, who's the best player on the 1995-1996 Villanova Wildcats that won the Maui uh, Invitational?
0: And we do actually, Marcus Camby at UMass was the uh, Naismith uh, Player of the Year.
1: That's awesome. I have, has the Minutemen been good at basketball since Marcus Camby, is the question.
0: I think not really, but. The two UMass players I know, Marcus Camby and, um, uh, What's his name from the Sixers? Um, uh, uh, or fucking uh, uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, uh, Julius Irving. Julius Irving. Doctor J. Oh, fuck. Way Cena. back. Yeah. Um, all right, that's the show. That's it. We will see you in uh, two weeks.
1: Bye, everybody. Make sure you
0: subscribe. I'm going go, go to the Ellen John concert between now and then. I'll report back. Oh, hell yeah. That's I'll, I'll report dope. back about that. Yeah, I'm going to that next uh, wed- next Wednesday at Gillette. 8.30 eight, eight eight 30 show on a Wednesday night. Can't
1: wait. I mean, for Elton John, though, worth it.
0: Yep. Honestly. So uh,
1: thanks for listening, everybody. See you in the next one.